The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told Jesus about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to Jesus all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued Jesus and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose I have come. So Jesus went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be nice if we could have a book a show or a documentary of some kind that would allow us to see one day in the life of Jesus. How great would it be if Netflix had a crew to follow Jesus for just one day with cameras and microphones rolling to see what his day was like, an ordinary, typical day in Jesus' life. That would be great, wouldn't it? Well, you know, though there was no Netflix back in those days, no cameras, no video, all people could do was remember Jesus' stories and his doings, his activities, his actions, and then pass it on to the next generation. But happily, we do have a day in the life of Jesus in Mark's Gospel. We're actually right in the middle of it, in the words we just heard. So Jesus' day, according to Mark, starts, starts actually with what we heard last week. It's a Sabbath day, and Jesus goes to the synagogue, the synagogue of the little town of Capernaum, a town of maybe 1,500 people, fishing village, really. But they've got a synagogue. In fact, the ruins of it are still there to this day. And, and Jesus goes into the synagogue. He begins his day by going to the official religious celebration of the moment. It's the word of the day. He joins the rest of the community in prayer together and praising God and reading the Psalms and reading the prophets and, and, and speaking them, preaching, proclaiming God's word. That's how he begins his day. And then as we heard last week, it continues with that dramatic moment 
where he's afflicted and accosted by a demonic spirit and possessing some poor guy. Jesus, using his grace and power and authority of God, casts out the demon. And everybody who was there says, wow, they're astounded by what they have seen and heard, and on we go. So that's just the first place, the first space in Jesus' day. And it's a big one. Jesus then moves, and this is where we pick it up today. Jesus, according to Mark, then moves the short distance into the house of Peter and Andrew, where he will be for a few hours, able to just be at home, to be next to the hearth, to eat and enjoy a good meal with his family and his friends. This domestic moment is also important because Mark tells us something spectacular happens there too. Well, spectacular maybe not. Something tender happens there. Peter's mother-in-law is sick. She's got the flu or something, who knows? She's down, she's in her bed, she's sweating, she's got a fever, she can't get up and do what she wants to do for her guests. Finally, Jesus arrives at the home, they tell him she's sick, and what does he do immediately before anything else? In this home, in this domestic world, inside, he reaches out to the poor lady, takes her by the hand, lifts her from her bed, and she's healed. Healed so that she can go back being who she most truly is. As the mother-in-law of Peter is the madam of the house, she immediately begins serving the rest, caring for them, being herself, living her vocation. That's what the healing does for her. It's a beautiful moment. Jesus spends time there, of course, in that environment, that homey environment, enjoying lunch, almuerzo, drinking a little wine, getting to know better Peter and Andrew and their wives, mother-in-law. Beautiful moment, beautiful space. But it is not long before the next part of Jesus' day unfolds in a little bit different place and space. In the third part of Jesus' day, there is a crowd building in the plaza in front of their house. And it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and people are wanting to see Jesus because they are sick and they are broken and they are frail and some of them even possessed by demons, so we are told. And as the crowd grows, Jesus does not hide from them. Instead, he leaves the comfort of that home and steps out into the street, into the public square. And one by one by one, probably over a thousand people, he takes them, holds them in his hand, looks them in the eye, places those hands on their heads, and loves health back into them. It's a beautiful moment. This is what Jesus does out in the public square. 
He gives people back their lives one by one by one with tenderness and compassion and love. He heals them, he strengthens them, he encourages them. Some of them go running back to home to share their healing with their family and friends. Others perhaps stay there just wanting to be in Jesus' presence a little bit longer. This goes on for hours. Goes on for hours, this public square Jesus, this healing Jesus. Finally, Jesus is exhausted. We use the term, I need some me time. Jesus would never use that term. He'd say, I need some God time. I need some Father time. I need to be alone so that I can pray so that I can recharge my own spiritual battery, so I can draw close to the source of life in my life. And he sneaks off somehow. He goes out perhaps into a wheat field where no one will know him and know where he is. And there he prays. Mark doesn't tell us what his prayer was like, but we can imagine from elsewhere in the gospel that maybe Maybe part of that prayer was just remembering the faces of all those people and asking God's blessings upon them as they begin their new lives with health and freedom and grace. Maybe he takes some time to experience yet again the temptations he had out in the desert. You know, Lord, I don't have the strength for this. Lord, do this for someone else. Lord, make, make me, let's just do this the easy way. And maybe most of all, what Jesus does is just lay down in that field of wheat and look up into the stars and fall into a mystical sleep where he's one with the stars and the planets and the universe and infinity and with God, the creator of it all. And for a time, they are just in communion with one another. Beautiful, mystical sleep of grace and life. Maybe that's how Jesus' prayer is until goofy Pedro, goofy Simon, Pedro and Simon, Peter, Simon, Peter, and Andrew go running and wake him up and pull him out of his mystical slumber and say, hey, everybody's looking for you. And that ends one day and begins another. In those four spaces, those four places, those four moments in Jesus' day, we are allowed to see that Jesus is a person who is with us. He's with us when we gather in this church as he was with the people in that synagogue. He speaks to us. He preaches to us. He proclaims God's kingdom to us. He frees us from evil. He's with us in our homes when we're cooking and sewing and preparing stuff for dinner and mowing, well, we used to mow the lawn, whatever we do now. You know, painting the trim on the windows. We're, he's with us in our homes, in our hearths. He's with us when we eat around the table. He's with us when we serve and welcome others through the door. And Jesus is with us out in the streets. With all those people we see wandering around, streets even here of Cuenca, or any city, anywhere, any village, anywhere. Jesus is in those people to whom he gives his strength and his healing grace and his love. 
And Jesus is with us in our prayer when we need to be alone, when we need to get away from the noise, when we need to recharge our spiritual batteries, when we need to just have a moment or two of communion with our God, Jesus is with us there too. And so our day, like Jesus' day, is filled to the gills with grace, peace, and most of all, life without end.